0: This is Talk Spooky to Me, the Ghost Story Guys Mail Show. I'm Brennan Store. I'm Paul Bestel. And this is our chance to talk back to you. Welcome to the very first episode of Talk Spooky to Me. This is, well, it's exactly what it sounds like. This is our feedback show. We used to do this, uh, well, recently up until episode 160. This was part of the main show. And uh, it started getting to the point where (laughs) we were having to cut stories because the <laughs> mail show was so goddamn long, or the mail part of the show. And so we thought, well, let's make it a mini show. That way you guys get more Bren and Paul. We get to reply to your messages on air. And I really, Paul, I think that means everyone wins. Yes, it's a win, win, win. Well, except maybe for you. You got to spend another hour you know, talking to me now every week instead of every two. So there is that.
1: <laughs> You've only pulled me away from watching inconsequential football, so it's fine.
0: There is, I was not aware there was such a thing as inconsequential football.
1: All football is inconsequential, apparently. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but not to me. I as see. The question, as, the, as the question on Sunday went, why are you watching football from Portugal? And I
0: said, why not? Well, that sounds like the great response to me. <laughs> Nikki says to me, why are you going to see a kung fu movie tonight about a guy in a monkey suit? And I said... Why not? Why wouldn't you? I see. I knew you'd get it. I knew you'd get it. I'm, I'm going to go see Shaolin Invincibles tonight at Cinema Du Park. And boy, am I excited. I knew nothing about it. I just know that the trailer they keep showing before other movies I've seen there has a guy in a monkey suit doing karate. And I am in. Well, as, as someone
1: that fell in love with Kung Fu through the series Monkey over here, I'm all in. I don't
0: know that. Is it that that's a, so a TV show?
1: Yeah, so it was a show that was on uh, early 80s in the UK. And essentially, it's about the pilgrimage of Tripitaka to meet Buddha. And along the way, they meet several gods, Monkey being the primary one who has offended the gods through his arrogance and his stupidity and his greed And therefore, he has to repent by accompanying and protecting Tripitaka across China as they face off against all kinds of monsters and demons and creatures. And along the way, they pick up Pigsy, who's a man pig, and Sandy, who is a uh, river monster.
0: I am loving this. Is this streaming anywhere? Because I feel like this is something I need to watch.
1: Uh, I'm not sure. It's... It's incredible. I've I've watched the entire run uh, three times. I watched it when it was on over here because the BBC showed it over here years ago and then it's been repeated a couple of times on satellite TV. It's remarkable. You know, monkey magic. Ooh, monkey magic. Ooh, monkey magic. Monkey magic tonight. Ooh. That was the theme song, by the way.
0: Paul, this mini show was worth it just for me to hear that. We could we could never do another one. You could walk off set right now. And I'd be, I just said, well, we won. We won, folks. We Mission accomplished. The banner unfurls behind me. We did it.
1: Yeah, it's it's full of magic, magical moments in it. Like uh, Monkey's got a magic, he uses this staff that just kicks the shit out of everybody's like <laughs> proper, like proper kung fu fights. It's brilliant. Like every episode was like, essentially like 30 minutes of fighting. And ten minutes of religious spirit spirituality weave through it, uh, and he he shrink it and he would put it in his ear to keep it safe when he wasn't beating people up with it. Pigsy had a rake, I think, and Sandy had some kind of half moon javelin thing. And uh, Tripitaka would always say, "We can, we don't need to fight." And then next thing, they'd all be kicking the shit out of all these monsters.
0: It's <laughs> like the Incredible Hulk TV show, you know. Every time is no I- I have to keep the monster inside. And about 20 minutes later, he's crashing through the same cinder brick wall he crashes through on every episode.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I'm not sure what they'd call it in North America, but if you look for Monkey, it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's an incredible undertaking and uh, a, a brilliant introduction to the mysteries and myths of that part of the world.
0: All right. But we are not here to talk about monkey kung fu, although I think this is more or less what you can come to expect from these mail shows. So, you know, (laughs) you may think this is the greatest thing ever, or you might think, well, I'm going to eat my phone into the sun and I can't make that decision for you. (laughs) But I hope you stick around because now it's time for the mail.
2: Our courteous and efficient staff is on call 24 hours a day to serve all your supernatural elimination needs.
0: We're ready to believe you. I tell you, Paul, I had no idea how long any of this was going to take. So I, I just put together a bunch of messages, Instagram comments, YouTube comments, and I just thought we'll respond to them all and we'll, we'll kind of feel it out. And mm. we'll just we'll see. Yeah, we'll just see how it goes. Folks, this is all, this is all unfolding in real time. So the, the Synthway the, the synthwave version of our song that will be the intro and don't worry, that's only going to be the intro for the mini shows. Uh, That, that just arrived today as we were recording this. So this is all very, very new, but uh, it's fun. I love, I love that part of making new shows, Paul. I love adding shit coming up with new stuff. Uh, Yeah, it's just a ton of fun. For example, uh, one thing we're going to start doing in the mini shows is doing the featured artist thing again. So if you've got a band, you got a new single out, you got a song you want to get some attention to, Shoot us an email, ghoststoryguys at gmail.com. And if we can get it in the show, we will. And that will go out to everyone who downloads it on the RSS feed. It just won't be available on YouTube because copyright on YouTube is a pain in the ass. So we will clip it out on there. But yeah, you got a band, you want to try and get your song on our show, we will do our damnedest to play it. Shoot us an email at ghoststoryguys at gmail.com. For this inaugural show, we have a track from The Revenants. Who of course are a feature band on the Ghost Story Guys house label, Night Harvest Recordings, but we'll save that till the very end of the show. For now, it's time to respond to all the lovely things you folks have said. And Paul, why don't you get us started?
1: First up is a message from Roz, and Ross says, Thank you for the great stories, guys. Also, this might get missed, but Brennan, thank you so, so much. I'm currently re-listening to the episodes because I'm up to date with the show, and you guys have raised the bar too high up for me to trust other podcasts. Either that or my anxiety-filled brain associates you guys with safety. Anyway, thank you, Brennan. In one of your most recent episodes, you mentioned going to see Muse and Evanescence. I and my friend group weren't aware that Evanescence were touring. I managed to get some tickets and went to their show with my friends they helped us growing up through heartbreak depression family death and episodes of self-harm we laughed we cried and we are all so very thankful to them and you for having mentioned them which made me aware to get tickets i'm sorry if this comment is off topic but know that your small but great banter with your co-host does resonate with your listeners i know there's people that complain about the banter But personally, I have fun listening to you and at the time, Ian, but now Paul talk, as it gives more soul instead of just reading stories off the web. Thank you so much, Brennan, Paul, and the whole staff. You guys are amazing, and I can't wait to hear more stories in the future.
0: Well, Roz, thank you so, so much. That's very kind. I'm I'm happy you got to see Evanescence. Uh, It was one of those things, like, say, for me, I, I happened to just see it come up on social media at the right time and thought, well, screw it, you know, I'll, I'll go and... uh Because sometimes I'm with concerts, I'm not great if I know it's coming. I, I Sometimes I'll think, I, I kind of build it up in my head and then I'll think, ugh, maybe I just don't want to go. You know, like I bought tickets for the Black Dolly murder on Saturday and now I've got the ticket listed on StubHub because I just, I don't know, the idea of going to sit and listen to five hours of death metal suddenly just doesn't really appeal to me because I checked and they've got something like four opening bands and I just thought, hmm, I don't know. They're also showing Akira at cinema Du park that night. Maybe I'll go do that.
1: <laughs> well, it's a good mix.
0: The w- w- Evanescence or the five hours of uh, death metal?
1: Uh, Evanescence and then Akira.
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Much better than, yeah, than Black Dahlia Murder, who are great, but I just, yeah, I don't know. I, I have an upper limit for that kind of stuff. I, I know years ago, pre-pandemic, At the Gates came to Vancouver. I always wanted to see him always wanted to see them. You know, their album Slaughter of the Soul came out in 1994. It's incredible. Probably the best, I think the best death metal album of all time. And uh, I listened to that for years. And then 2014, they released At War with Reality. You know, after 20 years, I was thrilled and it, it's okay. But mm. then they were touring and I thought, holy shit, well, I got to see this. And, uh, you know, again, after like three opening bands, you can only maintain your erection for so long before it becomes <laughs> a medical concern. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when I was looking at the lineup for Black Dahlia Murder, I kind of thought, oh, I don't know. I mean, if, if, it, if it doesn't sell on StubHub, maybe I'll go check out a couple bands. But uh, yeah. Anyways, Ross, this is all a very roundabout way of saying I'm happy that I was able to help you connect with your friends and help you guys uh, have that experience. Also, Ross has commented on a number of our YouTube videos and just want to say thank you so much for listening. And, and we're so happy you found the show over there. Uh, and, and that goes to everyone who finds the show on YouTube. Uh, we, again, keep commenting. We'll read as many of them as we can on here. And yeah, thank you again. This next one is also a comment from YouTube. It is from Stefan. Stefan says, I don't mean to be an overly enthusiastic, annoying fanboy, but I am so damn excited my story's on your show. Paul, knowing the origin of White Bear Lake, truly showed off his paranormal investigator knowledge. I'm telling you, Stefan, this is why he's the inimitable Paul Bestel. There's only one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I just take it as a, uh, as a test to keep abreast. Um, I'm just replacing unnecessary knowledge with paranormal information now.
0: <laughs> a little bit like Sherlock Holmes, you know. Yeah, I could learn about the planets, but that's bullshit. I need other things.
1: <laughs> as Holmes often mentions about his monograph about tobacco that he wrote, uh, there, there, are, there are many strands to Sherlock Holmes's hobbies, which the likes of URI would probably not even cast our eyes upon.
0: I sort of imagine you being like that. I imagine that somewhere you're writing a you know a treatise on on the history of polka or <laughs> a dissection of exactly how the best push ups are done. It's, I don't know something that would completely not expect from from yeah, Paul Bastel. you know like you're the, yeah. the 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 man over forty fitness manual and it's like six inches thick. <laughs> I don't know uh, it just I've come to expect the unexpected, and uh, I kind of love that.
1: yeah, that would be very unexpected if I was. Researching pushups.
0: <laughs> I was spitballing. I was trying to. I was doing push-ups earlier. It's the only thing I could think of. It's been a very simple day for me, Paul, because I've got a building, a gym in my building, which uh, I'm trying to get as much out of now because I'm going to go back to Victoria here in a month. So I want to mm. get as much out of this opportunity as I can. Uh, but I am probably the oldest person using that gym. Everyone else is a bunch of really young, hot Instagram kind of TikTok influencer types, and. I sweat like a lot. It's super gross. So, I'll, you know, I'll do a half hour really, really intense cardio and then I'll start lifting weights or, you know, on a cardio day, I'll do an hour of cardio. And again, I just, I'm a mess. I'm just a mess. <laughs> and I cannot tell you how many looks of just abject disgust. I've gotten from these, these hard-bodied <laughs> things in their, in their gym where they just come around the corner, they see me standing there looking like a, a stick of butter sweating on the counter. And <laughs> just, you know, some of them just turn around, walk back out, others pull the fire alarm, you know. it just a, uh, yeah, very unfortunate situation.
1: <laughs> Our next message is from Brooke, and Brooke says... Agreeing that the random joking is half of why I listen. Things are heavy in the world and being able to laugh is so needed. Love the chemistry between Paul and Brennan. I prefer it to the original recipe. Thank you for the great
0: content. Thank you, Brooke. I like it too. So that, that works out. <laughs> we had a comment on YouTube and, and the person who commented this, they meant well. You know, they're a very popular YouTube account that does ghost stories, but they commented and said, what is it with all the, all the talking? you know, why don't you guys just do stories? And so a few people commented and kind of said, Hey, you know, this is what we like about the show. And again, this person, you know, they, they didn't mean anything by it. Uh, these, again, they're much more popular than we are. They know ghost stories. So I just appreciate that they're listening at all, but, uh, it was nice to see folks come in and say, no, no, there's something we like about the show. All right. Next up. Oh, we have another one for Paul. This one's from Denise. Denise says, Hey there, love you both. And the show. Thank you very much. I'd like to get Paul's advice on an online class. I'd like to take a class on cryptozoology and was hoping Paul could send me in the right direction. I live in California, a bit south of San Francisco. I'm a big Bigfoot fan, but I'm interested in all cryptids. I wonder if he's ever been to the Bigfoot in Felton. I have. Thanks so much. Love, D.
1: Ah, Felton. I know of it, yes. I've never been, but I know of it. Um, There is a, uh, well, as as mentioned, a a, uh, Bigfoot museum there, which is run by a gentleman, I believe, who's called Michael Rugg, who had a sighting several years ago and, as such, has then spent the rest of his life trying to have another one and, in the meantime, built a museum up there, which recently hit the headlines when someone stole one of the Bigfoot statues he had outside, which he nicknamed Danny because it looks like Danny DeVito.
0: <laughs> and they just they just joined to the thing. It's gone.
1: No, no, it was recovered within 24 hours. It was found... Uh, abandoned on the side of the road with a dent in its head so it's come back and it's been there ever since it was about a year ago it was during the pandemic when somebody nicked it
0: what kind of absolute bastard do you have to be to not only steal something like that but then just toss it by the side of the road you know if you're gonna steal it steal it for a good fucking reason
1: Mm, it'll have been a skeptic
0: (laughs) i'll show them (laughs) If Bigfoot's real, why doesn't he just stop me right now?
2: <laughs>
0: it's like Homer and The yeah. Simpsons, you know. God, if you don't want me to eat this cookie, give me a sign. That will be done.
1: <laughs> and as for as for online, there is somewhere that does do a online cryptozoological course, uh, which some people have done just for the enjoyment of doing it. Um I'm loath to pay money to learn things off people i've never heard of personally <laughs> so i'm um, poor i mean by all means i mean it's not expensive i've seen it advertised for like 40 dollars or something um so if you want to learn about all kinds of different creatures then by all means go for it i'm not sure if it's still running these days but no doubt it'll come back round again um i would just say if you if you're interested you would do a lot worse than either read the work of Lauren Coleman or David Weatherly's attempt to catalogue every state in the U.S. with his current Monsters of the U.S. series, um, because you will discover things probably even about your home state you have never even heard of.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, obviously Paul's the expert here, but I, I recommend anything David Weatherly is, is doing. He was one of the first guys I read when I got into the paranormal, and I have, I've remained a fan. It's, it's actually yeah. an appreciation that's only deepened after hearing him on, on Mysteries and Monsters several times. So, yeah, I, I second that choice.
1: It's very interesting because obviously uh, listening to the Art Bell show, he was, there was a, there's a real run of, of brilliant guests on the, on the later episodes he did on Midnight in the Desert before he finally packed in. Um, so he's had uh, David Weatherly's been on, Linda Godfrey was on. Uh, this week they've just released an interview with Ken Gerhardt. So, um, there were some really big names on, on, on the final running that obviously he hadn't had originally, or that those people weren't of prominence by that point, but when he came back, he certainly had some brilliant guests on. So, uh, the Ken one's quite good cause they're talking about flying cryptids. So that's quite
0: fun. Oh, cool. And folks, you can get that. Uh, that's still the art. Is it the, uh, patreon.com slash art bell project? Yes. We're, uh, patrons of that here on the show. And I think it's like uh, five bucks a month and you get access to just a Massive, massive archive of paranormal lore. It's it's almost an overwhelming amount of content.
1: <laughs> I think they're up to about 1,100 episodes.
0: Yeah, and they're what three hours each most of them. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you will not want for paranormal shit if you subscribe to the Art Bell Project. I mean, some of the stuff in the 90s, as I'm sure Paul will back me up, there's a little bit of like that kind of fear mongering. Y2K is going to bring in the feathery serpent to take all of our souls and, and things like this. But uh, there's still a lot of great shit there.
1: A lot of people making shit up as well.
0: Also this, the quickening.
1: I found a pyramid in the Appalachians. Oh, no. No, you haven't? I have. Here's a photo of it. That's one of the best ones, because a guy rings up and says, well, actually, I'd just like to point out that I'm a ranger, and the trees that are in that picture don't aggro- don't grow at the elevation you're claiming. That's a fact. So either you've got your, he very kindly said, either you've got your figures wrong or, or that's the rarest tree in the world and that's more valuable than the pyramid.
0: <laughs> oh, man. What is it with people and pyramids? I don't know. Yeah. I, 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 I mentioned this to patrons. I'm, I'm not, I can't get into it, but I was invited to audition for a TV show uh, a little while ago. And one of the things I had to learn about Involved a fucking pyramid. And uh let's just say it is a pyramid I, I don't believe in. <laughs> boy, oh boy. Thankfully that was not good in part I didn't have to express belief in that in order to to do the thing. But uh boy, I thought, man, I hope they don't want me to talk about this thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, even I can't help you then. No.
0: <laughs> no, there's no hope. Once you're selling pyramids, I remember actually I used to I won't say which show it was. But there was a show I listened to where they had this guy on because he claimed he had found a ziggurat, which is a kind of temple, if you don't know, on the moon. <laughs> and they had this dude on there for two hours talking about the significance of the moon ziggurat. Now, of course, you know, NASA has released hundreds of high quality photos of the moon. And well, you know what's not on there, Paul? A ziggurat. All the clang is. Or that. But. This guy said, Oh no, they're they're covering it up. So at one point he was asked, Where did you find this photo? Because he had a, a photo. Oh, it was in a forum for Call of Duty zombies. All oh, right.
1: <laughs> well, I'm convinced.
0: Right? Yeah, no, this is on the level. I'm sorry that I doubted me. you.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, right. there is there is uh, there is a particular ufologist who constantly appears in the news and as soon as I see a story about Mars it's this guy just spends all his time looking at Mars and he just comes out with absolute bollocks <laughs> and I just think and uh, whenever I see his name I just know it's it, none of it there's absolutely no value in reading any further past his name because it's no. all bollocks
0: there was a guy do you remember the mm, i shouldn't say his name but do you remember the moon is a hologram guy <sighs> <sighs> <laughs> of course you do you are burdened with knowledge you like thanos and tony stark are cursed <laughs> with knowledge of course you know the the moon guy yes yeah, there, there was a, there was a guy who he, he captured he always used to videotape the moon who fucking knows why but he captured some stupid atmosphere it's not stupid it's just an atmospheric phenomenon but this to him was proof that the moon is fake i don't know why anyone would fake the moon or or i don't even care how because it's not happening but good lord and and they had this guy on several times like i can't believe i used to listen to this fucking show
1: (laughs) yeah there's a good article on popular mechanics at the moment about all the times people suggested blowing up the moon i'm sorry what Yeah, there's a theory. Obviously, there's a bit of a joke that a general in the 50s in the US Army wanted to basically blow up the moon to show everybody
0: how powerful America were. Oh, my head hurts, Paul. Mm. My head hurts. We're recording this on 420 and I'm too sober for this. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. So,
1: you know, it's not the strangest thing I've heard about the moon recently, but uh, that's a very good article if you want to consider the possibilities of how stupid people are, even with intelligence.
0: Next up, we have a message from Wendy. Wendy says, hello, Brennan and Paul. Just a note to let you know how much I love your podcast. Paul joining has been great, and I eagerly await new episodes. 100% transparency, I listen at night to fall asleep. Both your voices are so soothing. Then re-listen the following day at work to hear the stories. And Wendy, thank you very much. We're honored. I I know uh, Ella, our listener in Australia, uh, one of our listeners in Australia, who um, I've had the great fortune of meeting in person. She plays us for her newborn. And uh, I think we she she commented on a recent post that cause she's a patron that we we had a new record. I think we had we had baby asleep in I think eleven minutes, if I remember right. So, outstanding performance by us. Telling you, if podcasting doesn't work out, there's always babysitting.
1: <laughs> Next, Heather says, I recently discovered you from an IG post from the ladies at Witches Magic Murder and Mystery Podcast. You are hilarious. My humour matches the show's in many ways. Scary good thing. I'm listening to the first episodes and the recent ones, trying to attack it from both ends. The military episode especially hit home because I'm a US Navy veteran. I served at Pearl Harbour, the former hospital, for watch one night. Nothing happened in my late night shift, but the whole place was so creepy. I used to see and feel all kinds of supernatural stuff when I was younger. Now that I'm in my forties, I no longer have the supernatural sight. I kind of want to reopen it, but I'm a little scared to do so. I appreciate you all so much for spreading the word about mental health awareness. I suffer and live with depression and know how important being heard is. Blessings and good karma to all.
0: Well, thank you very much, Heather. And thank you for the insight on Pearl Harbor. I always wondered about that. I know, uh, yeah, I've been to Pearl Harbor and it just felt, it felt very like very quiet. If I, if, that, if that's, I don't know if that's a, if that's an accurate, like if you can, if you can call a place just quiet, but that's, that was my experience in visiting the place. Uh,
1: there are some strange stories about, uh, some of the locations in the Pacific that saw some horrific casualties during the second world war. So, uh, I'm, uh. I'll be surprised if Pearl Harbor is is nothing but the tip of the iceberg when it comes to sites like that.
0: So we're going to take a quick break to pay the bills. Don't forget, if you're a patron or if you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, you don't have to listen to ads. And What a wonderful world that would be. All right. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Welcome back. All right. That wasn't so bad. I mean, depending on how many ads you got, we, we don't really know that's the thing. I mean, if we have like a paid host rate ad where both Paul and I are reading it, then we know that's definitely going to be there. But with the other <laughs> ads, who knows? Up, up to three, they tell us, up to three. But again, if you're a patron, eh, you don't have to listen to any of that bullshit. Our next message is from Yana. Yana says, imagine me minding my own business listening to Mysteries and Monsters episode 224 just now when you started talking about the shared dreams about a road north of Revelstoke. I've messaged or emailed previously about my negative feelings in Revelstoke and Golden. Anyways allow me to describe my dream last night. I'm on a very narrow goat trail dirt road with a small group of people I don't know, except one was male and had a shaved head. Instead of a traditional vehicle we were in a convertible type of car or cart. This road kept getting steeper and steeper and as I looked back it felt like being on a roller coaster looking down, and because I have lucid dreams I could feel the extreme vertigo of being up so high. And the fear of falling down. It felt like the hellish parts of Roger's Pass mixed with that nightmare road going up to Takaka Falls. The end. Thank you for reading. You guys are awesome. No, Yana, you're awesome. Unless it's Jana, in which case I apologize, but I, I grew up <laughs> sort of with a girl named Yana, so that's I'm going with that's my first thought, but if I'm wrong, you can you tell me.
1: That would have been my inclination. Yana? Yana.
0: Yana. Perfect. There we go. Okay, so we we have an accord. Your name is now Yana. I'm sorry if it's not. It is now.
1: So next up is from CT. And CT says, if aliens are known to have higher brain abilities like telepathy, maybe they don't want to have themselves look upon. Maybe they don't want to have themselves looked upon as their true selves so that they don't have different looks, but project to people what they witness from the craft to themselves and I'm guessing they also project based on area, country or region. So various people see small greys, others see reptiles, etc, etc. Some people see triangles, cylinders, saucers, yada yada yada. The second thing that I've been thinking about, if these beings have crazy tech, why bother abducting people? They are a pain in the fuck. If the goal is to farm human eggs and sperm... Go rob, steal, beam up the hundreds or thousands of globally of fertility clinics, cryogenic labs, sperm banks. Surely they have Google Maps. <laughs> These aliens must be the absolutely biggest morons in the universe, abducting people. And mind-melting tech? Why would they use such medieval tools, inflicting pain with needles and other seemingly non-technical equipment? The more I think about it, the more ridiculous alien abductions are. Seems like a lot of unnecessary bullshit to me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, that's what I love about CT. It does not mince words.
1: No, not at all. Not at all. Well, there's a lot to unpack there.
0: There really is. And we only really have 12 <laughs> minutes because we have to record the live show. So, But we'll, we'll, what do you think, Paul? What's the, what's the Cole's Notes version of this?
1: Uh, yes. There are people who believe that uh, they project images that they wish the recipient to see, both for themselves and the craft. Um, The alien abduction theory is one of the most controversial aspects of the whole UFO phenomenon. And yes, using old-fashioned tools and implements, maybe once again though, maybe to... Settle the person, mind you, if you've been kidnapped by aliens and they've just bring out, wheel out a giant syringe to stick in your, your ass, I'm not really sure what's going to calm you down, <laughs> to be honest. But maybe once again, they use that kind of cover because we don't want to see their sort of Venusian hoover that they're going to pull stuff out of your butt with.
0: <laughs> oh man, I can't decide whether I want to call this episode Venusian hoover or... <laughs> There was something else that was said earlier. I should have written it. Okay. No, it's going to be Venetian Hoover because I don't remember the other one. (laughs) Keep talking. I'm I'm writing it down so I don't forget.
1: (laughs) So yes, good points, all controversial and worthy of a a fuller and more in-depth analysis.
0: Thank you, CT. This next one is from Elsie. Elsie says... Hey, just listened to your latest episode. Great, as always, been listening for years. Thank you very much. I enjoyed listening to Kev speak about family sayings that he didn't realize were not actually sayings, and I just wanted to pass along some of my family sayings that I didn't realize were sayings. The first is Hit Biscuit, which means that you're exhausted and at your breaking point. The second is Sleep Like a Baby Rancher, which means sleep well. And the last one I'm going to pass along is Bit the Wax Tadpole which basically means fuck off. There's not really a better way to put that. <laughs> <laughs> I, am, I am going to use hit biscuit. <laughs> Brother, I have just hit biscuit today.
1: <laughs> yeah, everybody's, especially here in, in the UK, we've all got weird sayings depending on where you're from. I mean, Randy, if, if um, somebody's asking you to do something ridiculous or you're shocked, you'll go, well, I'll go to footer our stairs. Give me that one again. I'll get at foot of our stairs. I shall journey to the bottom of the staircase
0: in English. Oh, okay. I don't, <laughs> wow. Wow, that, that's actually more arcane than hit biscuit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you make a better door than a window.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, that's classic.
1: Carry on, you'll get a scutch. Means behave or I shall strike
0: you. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, context clues were, that, that one was Okay. <laughs> we had uh one that nick introduced me to was chank no which is if if it's like uh something that is like particularly disgusting you know when when i try to get her to eat vegetables or something it's like it's chank (laughs) she's just yeah that's like no it's chank uh
1: sheffield they use nesh if you're cold or proper nesh
0: if you're cold yeah what what is the etymology of that i have to know
1: no idea.
0: Okay. I'm proper Nash. Proper Nash. All right.
1: I could eat a scabby dog. <laughs>
0: if I assume really, that just means you're hungry? Really
1: hungry. If you're really okay. hungry, you could eat a scabby dog. You're that hungry. <laughs> oh, Jesus
0: Christ. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't have time for me to laugh, but I, I, I just can't help it. <laughs> All right. Well, we, uh, again, we have to wrap this one up because we are going to be doing the live show for patrons at the $10 level and above here in a few minutes, but I thought we would respond to, uh, to one more. We have one more from Michael, who also sent in a story at one point.
1: Been binge listening from the beginning, and you have come a long way to the very professional gig that you have now. I've tried contacting you previously, but my mails kept bouncing back from my Hotmail account, so I thought I'd try my work email address to see if that went through. Anyway, I love the stories and your experiences. Your podcasts are on autoplay every time I hop in my workman. That's all that plays. What prompted me to try again was the fact that one day I was listening to an episode and the next it was gone. I searched on my Samsung free app where I used to listen to them and you have all disappeared the whole podcast up to a December last year. Oh well, I found you again on the Deezer app. And now listening from a glimpse in the Matrix episode, which I thought was rather appropriate.
0: So first off, thank you, Michael. I appreciate you listening. I appreciate the kind words. And the reason I wanted to finish on this one to make sure we got this in is just to say, if you ever find a bunch of our episodes missing, we didn't do that. I've taken down one episode, one episode. It was a second bonus episode. I just thought, I just don't like it. I just don't think it's a very good episode. I took that down. But apart from that, I will never take episodes down. So if your platform suddenly isn't hosting it, uh, God knows why. Again, I appreciate you letting me know I'm going to get in touch with Samsung and see what we can do. But yeah, as a rule, that is just, it's a weird platform thing. I know sometimes the shows I've listened to have, you know, suddenly you can't get at, you know, their first 30 episodes or whatever. And it's always something to do with Apple Podcasts or whichever, whichever platform you happen to be using. But yeah, in the future, Just let me know, and I will. I'll see what I can do. Same thing. We had some folks saying episodes were skipping, and um, again, that's it's not me. It's not my editing. You know, I mean, I'm I'm not perfect, but uh, my editing doesn't do that. But there have been issues with Apple Podcasts uh, getting stuck in loops, and I think Google Podcasts as well. There's a couple different apps that I've I've been going through their reviews, and they've been having this problem where they'll get with any podcast, they'll just get hung up at certain places and, and repeat. So, but always, please always let us know, because if nothing else, we can shoot a message to the platforms and say, hey, you know, dipshits, try and fix us. Of course, not that they're going to listen to us, but, you know, we can try.
1: <laughs> or you're being hunted by the men in black, so be afraid.
0: Oh, yeah, there's, there's that too. Probably, yeah, probably more of that than anything. Mm-hmm. Sleep Definitely. tight. <laughs> Get ready for the Venusian Hoover.
2: That's right. <laughs>
0: Oh, this episode, yes, this is absolutely called The Venusian Hoover. All right, my friend, it is time to go do the live show. Thank you so, so much, everyone, for joining us here on our first Talk Spooky to Me. Don't forget, we love hearing from you guys, ghoststoryguys at gmail.com. You can even record a voice note and attach it to an email, send it to us there. We will play it on the show. And uh, I guess, Paul, where can everyone find you online?
1: You can find Mysteries and Monsters across all social media platforms and podcast apps that work
0: (laughs) a few though they may be (laughs) i'm on twitter and instagram as largely the truth and you can find the horror movie podcast i co-host with joseph comeau weird together on podcast platforms everywhere i'll also include a link to both mine and paul's other shows in the show notes but make sure to send us those emails and voice notes folks this is your chance to reach out and haunt someone The song that we'll be finishing this episode with as i mentioned at the top of the show is from the revenants the revenants of course is a project of elliot wilder elliot is a musician based out of boston massachusetts and he has produced a ridiculous number of albums in three years elliot is i think he's 70 now but i don't know And he's been a lifelong musician but at one point in 2020 or 2019 he just suddenly sat up one day and thought nope I have to serve this muse and he has been serving it like goddamn crazy. He's released more <laughs> than, I want to say 150 albums in three years. It is a, a shocking amount of work. The track we're going to be featuring today is from his Limerence album, which came out this year. It is a spoken word track. That's a little bit like Paul. Do you remember that, uh, wear sunscreen song? The kid yes. sort of like, yeah, back in the early two thousands. It's a little bit like that. And it was a last minute addition to the album It was actually something that kind of pushed him into doing. And I really, really enjoy it. And so we will go out tonight on the sweet strains of the Revenants and the tract Object of Desire. My friend, thank you as always. We'll see you next week.
2: I've been seeing a therapist for the last three years for depression, and the experience has been intense, frustrating, and upsetting, but also illuminating. Often during the sessions, a thought will percolate up from my subconscious, and sometimes, by talking it through, ideas will start to form that will eventually wend their way into my writing. It's as though therapy acts as a catalyst, the fuel that ignites my imaginative mind, and that feeds into that space where a song is born. If nothing else, in the last few years, I believe I have become skilled at one particular thing, allowing it, whatever it is, to happen. And when it happens, I do my best to get out of my own way. At some point, when I am in the throes of working on an album, and as the songs accrue, I begin to notice that they seem to be talking to one another. The more songs I write, the more voices are added, and the dialogue takes the shape of a narrative. And then that narrative metastasizes, snaking its way through every single track. Sometimes a dissonant voice erupts out of nowhere. It might seem to be unrelated, but often later when I sense I'm nearing the end of a particular cycle of tunes, I'll look back at the songs I thought were troubled or not following the thread, and those are the ones they usually wind up being the most meaningful for me. Recently, I came across the term limerence, which is the state of being infatuated or obsessed with another person, typically experienced involuntarily and characterized by a strong desire for reciprocation of one's feelings, but not primarily for a sexual relationship. Certain people feel powerfully drawn to a limerent object because there is something primal and deep-seated in their subconscious that makes them crave it. The object is like love heroin, and the more the limerent feels that dopamine hit of pleasure, the more the feelings are intensified, and a dangerous cycle begins. The problem is, what's going on is only going on in the limerent's head, and the limerent usually always knows this. So in the end, it's just fucking hell. This is not someone having a junior high school crush or a mere unrequited infatuation, Not to say that those don't have a potent value. This, for all intents and purposes, is love with a capital L. At least for the limerent. The more I thought about it, isn't this really what love is? It's in all our music, our books, our movies, our culture. It's that thing that we all go through life desperately looking for. The soulmate. The one true one. Maybe that's why most love relationships wind up doom on the rocks of resentment and dissatisfaction. What human person could ever live up to such objectified, idealized standards? And yet, this seems to be sacrosanct to us. We live in hope. It's what sates the limerence Jones, at least for a time. So with these thoughts rolling around my brain, I began the process of writing this album. As I do and in my way I didn't have it mapped out I didn't think at least not at first this is what it should be or this is where it should begin and then proceed and then this is where it should all wrap up I just did the work as it happened by the time I'd gotten as far along as the fifth or sixth song a glimmer started forming as to a direction I might be headed in, and then a song and some lyrics emerged that seemed to be saying what I'm on about I see that look in your eyes, and it consumes me like a fire. I am helpless, and I am hopeless. Can't let go of my desire. I am filled with a kind of sickness, this addiction I have for you. You occupy my every single thought, and my every thought is born of blue. Just about all of my albums seem to follow this circuitous route. In a way, my music is my limerent object, the thing I love so deeply. But it's elusive and ephemeral. You can't throw your arms around it, and it does not love you back. It just tells a story of a time which is now, and a place which is here. We're ripping out the garden, and putting up a shed. We bury Grandpa down there beneath a thunderhead. Fertilized dichondra, the Santa Ana sees. The Santa Ana sees.